I got my miracle. 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 This is the place for miracles. Hi there, I'm Lindsay Roberts, and I want to welcome you to this program today, and I pray that you begin to really open the eyes of your understanding and begin to understand all that God has for you through all that His Son Jesus has already done for you. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, when Jesus took on the 39 stripes on His back, when He was crucified, when He rose from the dead, when He said it is finished, He meant that. It's finished. Now it's up to us to appropriate and to believe and to receive and to bring into ourselves all all that God has for us. You know, the scripture that says my people are being destroyed, they're being pulverized beyond recognition for what? Lack of knowledge. But if we look at the book of Ephesians and we go to Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2, we find that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And in that seated with Christ in heavenly places, position, we have authority. We recognize there's power. We recognize that when the thief or the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, we have an authority seated with Christ in heavenly places where we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Now here in Ephesians 1.18, it says that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. And it really means that your heart may receive the brightness of the hope of God resulting when the wealth of God's investment in you is fully understood. When we understand who we are in Christ, what is our position in heavenly places, seated with Christ at that right hand of authority, instead of going saying, oh me, oh my, oh me, oh my, it's okay, here we go, in the name of Jesus. You see, we can wake up and say, good Lord, it's morning, or we can say, good morning, Lord, and we can take our rightful seat of authority and we can see where that goes according to the word and the will of God. So it's so important today to know the place we have in Christ. So let's get started with the book of Ephesians. So many times we talk about, oh, I wonder what, oh, what if, oh me, oh my, and oh me and oh my. But wait a minute, instead of the oh's, me's, my's of life, where it's the whining, the griping, complaining, I have this and I don't have that and blah, blah, blah. Instead of that, we have this amazing opportunity to turn to the book of Ephesians and find out what God says we do have in Christ. Now, if you look at the Bible where it says, I can do all things through Christ, that's the book of Philippians chapter four, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, sometimes I don't have the strength to do things in my own. One of the first things I had to, to do through Christ was the act of forgiveness. Sometimes in your own self and something happens, you don't want to forgive and you know, you got a lot of good excuses why not to. It doesn't mean you justify the action. It doesn't mean the person was right, but it means that you release yourself from holding on to that anguish and bitterness and unforgiveness because it's a scriptural act. And maybe in your own self, you just plain can't do it. Okay, I understand that. And then I got a hold of this verse that said, I can do all things through Christ. The Lord asked me one day, can you forgive them? No. I mean, I'm being honest, right? And then he said, okay, I accept that. But can you forgive them? through me. Oh, different story. He said, do you think I can forgive that person? Yes, of course. Okay, then let's go to Philippians. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And that includes forgiving. Like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't validate what they did. It doesn't justify what they did, but it releases you from that expression of unforgiveness, bitterness, maybe even toxic bitterness, so that you are free to worship the Lord, to obey the Lord, and to do what the Lord's called you to do. So when we do certain things, 
with Christ or through Christ, it gives us a certain element of strength that you wouldn't perhaps, I wouldn't perhaps have on my own. Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. All that is wonderful. But what happens when we put Jesus on the spot, when we bring Jesus into the situation, when we do it in Christ, with Christ, through Christ, does that change the situation? All right, let's take a quick look. If we're looking at Ephesians chapter one, and we look at the 20th verse, Oh, actually, let's, let's go down where it says he worked with Christ. He raised him from the dead and he is seated with him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all principalities, powers, might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come and put all things under his feet. Now, listen to that carefully. He's talking about us being seated with Christ in heavenly places. Before we look at that, let me validate it. One more time, jump to Ephesians 2 and look at where it says in the fourth verse. Now we're Ephesians 1, we're just continuing on Ephesians 2, sort of like he's reiterating that. And it says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, has made us alive together, here we go, with Christ by grace whom you have been saved and raised us up together. Here we go, here we go, get ready for this ride. And made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It is so easy for me to sit down and whine and gripe and complain and sit in my seed of grumbling. We can sit in a car seat. We can go sit in a chair at the table. We can sit on the floor. I happen to love to sit on the floor. We can sit in the seat of whining, griping, and complaining, or we can sit in our rightful seat of authority with Christ in heavenly places where we can do all things through Christ who gives us the strength. Let's go back and read this again. When we look at Ephesians, he says, let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Go back Ephesians 1 and, and let's start with 18 and see how he gleaned into this little place of saying where we are supposed to sit. The eyes of our understanding to be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Now over in Proverbs, it says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the enlightenment comes, when the answer comes, it's like a tree of life. So what he's saying is we know that there was no hope. But once you have it been enlightened with what is the hope of his calling, that you may know the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's to his people. And what is the, oh my goodness, wait till you hear this word. What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? It's not just his power and it's not just his power to us. It's the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Listen, if you need something, wouldn't you like to have being the backing of exceeding greatness, backing that, the power of exceeding greatness? One time I bought an electric toothbrush and I turned it on thinking I was going to get some kind of toothbrushing electricity there going. The only thing I got, if you can imagine the sound, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I went, yeah. Seriously, turn it on, nothing. So I'm using this heavy toothbrush with a great big battery in it by hand. Why? Because there was no power. 
And when there's no power, it kind of doesn't matter what the purpose was. It doesn't fulfill the purpose. And he's saying right here, let the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling? What's the purpose here? What are the riches of his glory and the inheritance of the saint? What is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working, not of your silly situation. Sometimes I can find myself in the silliest situations, but not according to the silly situations that I either find myself in. Someone put me there. I put myself there. But he said, not according to that. He said, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ, what? When he raised him from the dead. This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Hello, that's exceeding great power. And it says that we are to be seated with him. Here we go. At his right hand in the heavenly places. If you'll study that, the right hand is the power. And it says far above all principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. Why does it say that? Because... The Bible very clearly talks about the power of God, the principality of God, the kingdom of God. But then Satan has the power, principalities and rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness in those high places. So he's taking you and saying there is that place where Satan operates powers and principalities and rulers of darkness and spiritual hosts of wickedness. And I'm going to take you above all that mess. And I'm going to put you at the right hand of Christ seated in this heavenly place, far above all that other mess. Man, when you look at things from a different perspective. And he said this, Far above principality, power, might, and dominion in every name, name that's heaven, every name that is named not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under your feet. Not in your lap, not squashing your brains out, not making you feel like, sometimes have you ever done that where you push like this, where you think, Father, if I, if I rub my head hard enough, the pain will go away. And it's not even a real pain. It's just frustration. But he said, I'm going to put you above all of that. And he said, here you go all things under your feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all jump over now big jump continue on in second chapter and it says this but god if those aren't two of the coolest words in the english language but god who is rich in mercy well that means even if you've messed up rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were in trespass, even when we were in sin, even when we really messed it up, he said. He made us alive together with Christ and raised us up together and made us to sit together, 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 together in the heavenly places with Christ, in Christ Jesus. And it says this, sit together means these three things. There's three togethers in this. One is in his resurrection. And that means as a Christian believing in Christ, in his ascension, believing that he was raised from the dead and in his present rule at God's right hand from this place of partnership. He grants that we share in the present works of his kingdom's power. If you look at the Lord's Prayer where it talks about the power, the authority, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. When we look at the power and the authority, then we see that if we are seated with Christ. Now, I'm not talking about where you just get up. Seated in heavenly places do not, does not refer to heaven in the sense of being our destined home of the redeemed. Rather, it's the Greek word here that refers to the invisible realm that surrounds our present daily situation. The arena or sphere of spiritual activity 
and spiritual action. Christ's authority, which encompasses every age and exceeds every known power, is here and now. Wow! When you're seated in that power and that authority with Christ, that's when we get to say, oh my, I can do all things with Christ, through Christ, as I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, through Christ, who gives me that strength, the strength that is the power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. These things are available, but if you don't know it, my people are being destroyed, pulverized beyond recognition. Christians sometimes are being pulverized beyond recognition. Why? For lack of knowledge. So when you gain knowledge, and he tells you above all things, get this, as we gain this knowledge and we gain understanding, we gain this learning experience, why? So that as we have this, not to use against somebody else, not to use against another Christian, but to take our rightful seat of authority above the attack of the devil. Those powers, principalities, and rulers of darkness, listen carefully, the Bible says we do not wrestle flesh and blood but powers, principalities, and rulers of darkness. Maybe there is a power and a principality ruling, a, a, causing a person to behave like that, but our fight is not with the person. We don't fight, wrestle flesh and blood. So you begin to speak to the power, the principality, the ruler of darkness behind that situation, and you say, in the name of Jesus, as I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, devil, not people, devil, I will not put up with this anymore, but I begin to speak my rightful place of authority and say, in the name of Jesus, I am the healed of the Lord. By the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have every right to be healed and whole and delivered and saved. That is in your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions, your physical body, in your spirit. That is why God talked about the whole person concept, healed in every area of your life. And that's my prayer for you today. As you get into the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, chapter 2, and you begin to look at who you are in Christ Jesus, I pray that as you recognize that, not that you argue with people, but that you begin to tell the devil, devil, this is where my chair is. Let's have a conversation and begin to pray down heaven. Thank you for tuning in to the Place for Miracles podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, call our Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777 or go to oralroberts.com prayer. Our website also features uplifting articles, online Bible classes, books, and other resources to help build your faith in God. If you'd like to support the outreaches of the Oral Roberts Ministries, please go online to oralroberts.com to make your donation today.